the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. Appreciate you showing up and kind of tuning in as we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing your money, planning for the future. Triple eight ninety nine. Retire. That's 888-997-3847. Thanks for being a part of our show. As we talk about your family's finances, one of the biggest issues that I see across the board, why people are leaving the big cities, why people are moving to the suburbs, and even the not-so-big cities, but let's just say big-slash-liberal cities, they tend to not enforce a lot of the homelessness and the things that come from it, right? The loitering, the the leaving the the shopping carts and whatever other possessions in the middle of walkways and all of the things that come with it. As the left judges, the judges from the far left, have continually ruled against law enforcement, ruled against the rule of law and the, the issue to help people kind of have a normal life, you're now stuck where nobody can park their car on the street. Right. They can't just say, hey, there's no dilapidated RVs or station wagons or SUVs allowed where you're sleeping inside and defecating on the uh, in the gutter on the porch on someone's front lawn. That is normal. In the cities of Los Angeles and San Francisco, Chicago, uh, excuse me, Salt Lake. And Phoenix, conservative places, Boise. These are uh, Austin, Texas. Can you say. If you guys don't put a stop to it, this is going to be a big problem, not a little problem. It's already a big problem if it if it happens in front of you, but those people pick up and move. Why do you think real estate prices in the suburbs have gone through the roof? Because there are more people wanting to get the heck out of Dodge, liberals and conservatives. I mean, it doesn't change. If you want to see a city that is destroyed or can be destroyed by by a set of policies, by ideas, you just look at the far left, the progressive policies. That's what it is. It isn't a secret, guys. Now, there's economics that occur that are naturally occurring. There's a natural cycle that happens. And part of that, just be clear on this, part of that has led to the rise of the online stores, has led to the rise of the online and overnight and same day and next day shopping, and a reduction if what I call the perfect storm is you can't go outside without a mask or even with the mask, stores shut down, 
a reduction of shopping malls. That's why we, we've had this already happening before the pandemic and before liberals really took a tranche, uh, a, a, a stand in our system. It just has happened. Kmart, Sears. Look at the big box stores, right? A, a fly-by-night furniture store comes in for a little while, one of those art art auctions, art auctions today, and then that comes in and then that leaves. And you have this massive amount of real estate You have this massive building, and more importantly, in these cities, you have the parking. And when that starts to happen, what do you see? Well, you're seeing the cities start to make a push to say, we are losing the property tax, the sales tax. We're losing that income from that corner or that building. And there's a lot of folks behind the scenes pushing to turn that into housing, low-income housing, to have it uh, redone in the zoning world so that you can actually have homeless people living there, kind of like a homeless storage unit, right? Where you go to, <laughs> you go to uh, self-storage, it's going to be self-homeless storage where they, the city, the, the liberal mayor has decided that he's using and commandeering hotels and using those as a disgusting way to store human beings. Instead of saying, hey, bud, you've got a problem. It's mental health. Let's get, it, get you fixed. Hey, you've got a problem. It's alcohol or drugs. Let's get you fixed. Let's help you contribute to society, not take from society. But because feelings override math, when you're a liberal person, when you're conservative, you think differently. Right, So the only way that they can tell you that you're wrong is by calling you bad or evil. They have to call you a name. You can tell. When they lose the math problem, Right, when they lose that one plus one is two, and they say, no, no, it's not. It's ra-, right. They had to drop the racist word, the R word. That became a thing. Now, every, now math is racist. You guys have to learn for a second and go, you are just ridiculous. Right? Like you're... you're 14-year-old daughter that comes out with a mini skirt and her hair is spiked and it's all in purple, different different shoes on. She's going through a phase and you might say, sweetie, I, I appreciate you're going through a phase. We can talk about it, but you look ridiculous. You're not going outside like that. Right? I mean, just sometimes you have to take the chance on hurting her emotional well-being to tell her she looks silly. Or your son for that matter, right? Or your he, she, or I don't know what they call it these days. Whatever's in between. You got to say, come on. You're 14. You don't wear eyeliner on your cheeks. Right? Right? If there's something that's that far out of your world of normal, you might say, hey, let's talk about it, kids. But when you do with the, the progressive left, what do they do? They just scream at you. They tell you math isn't math. Your feelings. You must be heartless. You must be evil. Say, no, I just don't want anybody to go to the bathroom on my front lawn. Is, is that wrong? Do, do, do I feel, can, can I please have that? I want to be able to step out of my car in a gutter and not step on, on you know, bad stuff. I'm going to let you fill in the blank. It's a, it's a lovely day. We won't spoil it. So now there's a push to take those huge outdoor malls, the big shopping centers, and turn those into housing. 
Now, it's funny, about three years ago, me and a friend of, uh, who's a, a contractor, we looked at maybe purchasing some of, uh, some of an area that had that. It was a real busy intersection. I said, look at what's valuable here. And, and he couldn't see it at first. I said, it's the parking lot. Look how vast that parking lot is. Now, the problem is this. The cities make way more money from sales tax than they do from property tax. So they designate different areas of the city to financially support the other areas of the city. They designate this as the shopping mall. This is the industrial center. This is for commercial. And these are residential neighborhoods. And there's a particular balance that you learn in city planning that says as a ratio of square footage. Sometimes they do as a ratio of, of um, people that live there, right? Residents. And they walk through and they say, we need 27% needs to be commercial and 19% needs to be retail and on and on. So all of those numbers are going to be thrown up in the air because no longer do you have to go to a retail store to get retail products. So now a neighborhood could be much greater, much higher percentage in residential than it does in any commercial, certainly than it does in retail. Now, the quick trips, right? Remember the old Radio Shack? You knew you were going to spend more money going to a Radio Shack usually. It was more expensive. But it was right down the street, right around the corner. You needed that little switch. It might have been $6.47. You probably could get it somewhere else for $2 if you went down to Fry's or, or Home Depot or someplace. But you had to drive in your car, get on the freeways, get all the way down there. And so you said, ah, Radio Shack, it's only six bucks. I can do it. I can get back home, continue my project. Now, those things come to your house. You have to realize how dramatic this is for a city entity or a county entity. Because now they need roads and bridges and highways, but how are they going to pay for them? Now, they need police and fire and people to fill the potholes and the streetlights to, to light up properly. But how are they going to pay for it? So the shift in a lot of these larger cities, as things begin to matriculate down to the smaller communities, you're going to start to see over and over and over. Feelings override logic. Because the progressive lose the logic world, they lose it all the time. Right? You're going to tell me that, that in business, businessmen, businesswomen, capitalists are greedy. They just want money. Okay, Let's, I'll play that game for a minute. They're about money. Then you tell me on the other side, women work for 72 cents for every dollar that a man makes. Huh. Then these corporations should be 100% women. Because couldn't these corporations save 30%? Now, let's just be clear. If you pay somebody $100,000 a year, according to the progressives, you only have to pay a lady 70000 So that means Mr. and Mrs. Corporate Owner, whoever you are, probably Mr. White Guy Christian Corporate Owner, according to the progressives, you're going to make $30,000 more in your pocket per employee. Open the doors, hire all women. Wouldn't they say that? Oh, it's not It's not that simple, Arif. Merit plays into it a little bit. Oh, okay. A lot or a little? 
because I've always wanted to play for the NBA. And if you're going to need two male blacks, one male Asian, a male Hispanic, and a male white, if, you want, if you're going to say that is now the new NBA team, at any one time on the field, on the court, you have to have a mixture of racially that, you know, that represents the fans, the fans. You do a poll every year. I don't mind every, every third year. You do a poll. You get a census. You have that guy on um, Fox News that sleeps in the same room as John McCarthy. What's his name? I forget his name. You let him do the poll. Right? <laughs> Frank Luntz. Thank you, Producer Joe. Frank Luntz. Yeah, Frank Luntz do a poll. He'll tell you how many, how many fans are of each racial makeup because that's what matters. And then you say today, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, here is their percentage on the field. Oh, wait. Why wouldn't you do that? Because it's racist to not have a representation. Or you could say, hey, listen, this is the conservative approach. Hey, business, I'm all right with hiring whoever makes me money. And realistically... Look at Jordan Peterson, Professor Jordan Peterson. I'll give that to you again. He did a great, uh, I think Prager University has a, a story on it or, or a video, but you can find him on YouTube. It was a great debate that Jordan did on how it's such a bunch of hogwash on the uh, women make less than a man and all the factors that were never taken into account. We started keeping a tally. And in my office, when husband and wives both work, they don't always, but when husband and wives don't both work, we had almost 80% of the time, it was like 78.5%, nearly 80% of the time, the lady made more money than the man. <laughs> Did you know that? The wife made more money than the husband. 80%. So everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a problem, but it's over there. Oh, yeah, well, I can see the problem. Not me, but there's a problem somewhere over there. Now, I get it. They're self-selecting because we're a financial professional. You know, uh, poor families or, or families that don't think that they would qualify for what we do. Okay, so maybe that. I get it. So there's some changes that happen and, and some self-selection and deselection that occurs. But this is just a person who's giving you a point of view in what I actually see. So uh, anyway, I think there's going to be changes. If you're going to tell me that in the system of the dollars that float around... That in the reality of the money that's being made by cities, counties, and states, I think if you guys have a vacant building in your town, if you have a vacant uh, mall, shopping mall, right? Look at these big shopping malls, 185 stores, 250 stores, right? They have to have murals come in in the middle of the night. They have people hang, hang pictures of happy. Everybody's happy. Look at the pictures and they're racially diverse, happy people. Wearing shoes, advertising clothes, swinging on a swing in a pond. Because all of those stores are empty. Because they can't have blank space. Imagine if they had brown paper over the windows and it said, coming soon, fall 2019. And you look at it, you're like, oh, that, that passed a little while ago. So probably not going to happen. Right, you would feel a little frustrated. You probably would say, "Yeah, this mall, there's there's problems." So they have to they have to play little fake games with you. They have to put pictures. They have to have scenery. 
this matters a lot because now the problem of homeless people ruining neighborhoods, not bad people. God, these are people. These are God's creatures. They're human beings. I don't know why, why the left thinks it has any dignity to let somebody who's mentally ill run in and out of traffic. Uh, you know, starve, eat out of trash cans. Oh, oh, yeah, look at us. We're, we're morally superior. Instead of saying, hey, bud, you, you can't take care of yourself right now. And if your family is not willing to care for you, and I, I, think, we should re- I think we should say, listen, folks, number one problem is your family. If your family's not going to, we're going to tax your family to care for you. Oh, how quickly would that change? Right? Uncle Joe's going to move in. Or you say, listen, family, if you can't physically care for Aunt Sally, then here's what we do. Super simple. You guys have to pay more to care for Aunt Sally. Whatever percentage of your income, whatever dollars that you and your... Because the family is what matters. Oh, you can't pay for it? Then the church and the charity can come up with the dollars. And the very last place is a stranger on the other side of town has to use their taxpayer dollars to pay for your irresponsible uh, inability to care for Uncle Joe or Aunt Sally? Maybe. I think there should be some sort of family push to make a difference. Just my thought. I don't know. Certainly you guys are welcome to discuss it. Figure out if it makes sense. But they shouldn't be going into neighborhoods and ruining neighborhoods because the city of Los Angeles judges the progressive judges, and who, by the way, do not live anywhere near there's homeless people, just so you know. They live in the mountains. They live under, uh, you know, lock and key. They live on that side of town. Because if they weren't elected, they were politically appointed, depending on the judge, uh, the area in which they sit. But at the, at the same time, guys, let's, let's understand something. If it affected them or their grandchildren, I could bet you they're going to make a different decision. I think the California shopping malls are going to be the next house warehousing, right? Everybody uh, on the conservative side wants to pick on China for warehousing the Uyghurs, right? The Muslim minority, their, their Chinese appearance and appearance, they're, they're people that live in China and they're rounded up by the tens of thousands. Indicative of Nazi Germany going into these towns, these Jewish villages and, and, and neighborhoods and picking up people. And that's what they do. They ship them off to a camp. What do you think is going to happen at the old Kmart store or the old Sears or furniture store that went out of business? Right right now we have a boom because everybody's buying new furniture. We have a boom, right? We did this again in 0456. And then the largest warehouses were Levitt's and some of these large furniture stores. Remember them? Something, something brothers, and they're gone. And now you had huge, vacant, empty commercial buildings sold for pennies on the dollar, just so you know. Well, right now, furniture stores are everywhere. Same idea. The ones that are able to weather the next decline in housing. But my thought is, hmm, there's more than one thing at play. So how does this affect you and your retirement? Well, number one, you're the one with the money, most likely, if you're retired, because you can't retire if you don't have some sort of money. And so by default, the Biden administration and his 
cronies across the country. He just he's just not even sure what's going on. He just wants to watch, you know, on Golden Pond again for the sixth time this week. He's not really sure what's happening. <laughs> but his people or Kamala's people, and right now, guys, just so you know, there's a bit of a challenge going on between Obama's uh, folks. Why do you think they've silenced Kamala Harris? Susan Rice and the group who are pulling the strings to uh, uh, on Biden, they're, they've put Kamala Harris in the corner and just said, uh, just say nothing, do nothing. We'll let you know when you, we want you to be president. They're trying to go two years in a day. You know that. Because if they do, then she can get 10 years out of this office. His last two years, and then she can run for herself two more times. So they're just trying to let, uh, you know, weekend at Biden's. Remember weekend at Bernie? They're trying to prop him up. Oh, yeah, he's looking great. Look at his sunglasses, the aviator sunglasses. Look how cool I look. Try to get him to talk. Listen, I think they're going to raise taxes on you because they think you're dumb. Because as soon as you open your mouth, they call you a racist. That's it. Everybody's a racist. You know that. It's these upper middle class white kids that are educated, you know, with hoods and these anarchists screaming and yelling, throwing things everywhere. Evil, by the way, just so you know, evil. You don't get a chance to see too much. I saw it when I was a policeman during the riots. You saw human beings react and act in a way that just blew my mind. I couldn't believe that people acted that way. I was young. I was, you know, in my early 20s. I didn't know that people actually would do that to other human beings. I didn't realize people would steal something like that that they that they didn't own. I think I'd only been on the job for a couple of years at the time. I thought, what the heck? You know, what what you call normal, the way you were raised, what you're supposed to do, the way you react. All of a sudden, you look at these people and they're stealing stuff and they're they're beating each other up over a ham. <laughs> or two liter Pepsi. It was shocking to me. And yet, of course, you know, when they do it now in their Antifa, it's racial justice. Let me tell you, President Trump was not wrong that the media is the enemy. I wish they weren't, right? I'm part of it in some respect. The left leaning media chose a side. Go to Project Veritas. You can search it in your search engine. Project Veritas. There's an interview with the, one of the directors over at CNN at a lunch meeting. So they were having a lunch meeting. And he went through the whole process. And this guy still is a liberal. Maybe even a progressive. And he tells you how CNN went through chapter and verse to eliminate, lessen, and even completely change the narrative. Guess what? You're the one with the, with the income. You're the one with the assets. Surprise. They're going to give you the tax bill. Now, I think they're going to raise property taxes. They're going to call it a property assessment. They've already done that in the Southern California area. Very simple. It's called water runoff tax. And you say, wait, doesn't it rain like, I don't know, two months or two weeks out of the year? Out of the year, maybe there's 15 days of rain. And you have a water runoff tax? Because when it rains, I see a torrent, a river, billions with the B, billions of gallons of water go out to sea. And you're telling me that I have to 
pay a tax because I have a back patio or an RV access on my driveway? That I have to pay more money because I don't have a grass in my front yard or dirt or rocks? Or I don't have an... Uh, what? A warning to those of you in other cities and other states where Californians are fleeing. Embrace the conservatives. 100% reject the liberals. You cannot give an inch on the school board. You cannot give an inch on city council or the hospital board. You cannot let progressives get one seat because they will slowly erode your power and your values. They will do everything from taxing bags because, and they're going to call it, oh, it's just, you know, it's for the children. It's for the straws, the plastic straws. Look at the picture of the turtle. He's got a straw coming out of his ear. That, that's horrible. Don't let him get a foothold. Guys, when we come back, I'm going to get into some of the ideas of deferring income. I'm going to use a case study of something that just happened recently. It's last week. I'm Eric Hallaby. The Total Financial Hour. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back to the show, the Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services. I'm Arab Halaby. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. We always talk about some of the more up-to-date things that are happening when it says, hey, listen, your family, financially speaking, should be the first and the most important place in your life. I think they should, right? Certainly God, family, country. Not government. Just be clear when it was... (laughs) President Biden said, um, you know, government, you are the people. We are the people. We are the we of the people of the government of the government. The government is you and me. (laughs) And you're like, really? Excuse me, but I think you are smoking something. Because any, any, any professor will tell you that that's not accurate. But here's what I think is more important that I think you have to understand. If you are deferring income from today and you are sending it in the future through your company 401k plan, or if you work for a school district hospital research facility, maybe yours is called a 403b, also known as a TSA or tax-sheltered annuity. If you work for the federal government, yours is called a thrift savings plan or a TSP. They all act the same way. Today, I go to work. I make $50,000 a year. I put $5,000 to the side. When I retire, where I retire, that 5000 is taxed at that tax bracket, whatever city I'm in, whatever my write-offs are, whatever state I'm in. And today I don't pay taxes on 50000 I pay taxes on 45000 So I defer it and I send it off to the future. Here's the problem with that formula. You're kind of closing your eyes and throwing a dart in the dark, hoping to hit a lower tax bracket. 
Not really sure. Maybe I will be in a lower bracket. Maybe I won't be. Maybe I will need higher income later. Maybe I will need less. Maybe I'll make enough money in my 401k plan, in my retirement account, in, in the market, to outpace whatever taxes I'm going to pay in addition. That's really the idea. You're going to make more money on money you would have paid in taxes, and you try to outpace the tax man, outrun him, if you will, so that by the time you're ready to retire, the dollars are higher than they would have been. Let me share with you something. I don't always think that's a good idea. I think it's part of a puzzle, but you have to do the rest of the puzzle or it doesn't make sense. Meaning you want to pay off bad debt. I don't think all debt is bad. I think bad debt is bad. Let me explain. If you have a house that you live in and you go to work every day and the only way the bills of that house are paid is if you jump on that treadmill and ride it and you go to work, then I think that's bad debt. But if you go to work every day and you buy things that go up in value. You, go, you buy things that feed you, not things that eat you or take money from you. Then I think it's probably good debt. A great book by Robert Kiyosaki. I didn't say the greatest written. F. Scott Fitzgerald has better books, certainly Shakespeare. But the best used book that changed my financial life is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's funny when people quote it, they go, rich man, poor man. I'm like, I think I know what you're talking about, but it's a different book. But it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's a great book, and it talks about the concepts. And then it's reality. It talks about reality. Part of what he invented, by the way, if you're not sure of this, remember those, well, you have to be probably in your 50s or, or greater to understand this. Remember the old surfer wallets, we would call those? The nylon wallets with Velcro? And they were so expensive, right? We couldn't afford them. Unless you saved up and saved up. I don't remember what they cost. $10, let's say. Maybe it, it cost him $3 to make them, and they sold them for $10. Whatever it was, he made them here in the United States. Very uh, well done, good construction, but they were not cheap. We called them surfer wallets. And then one day, I remember going to Frank's Liquor Store, Frank's Junior Market Liquor Store. We went over there, and there were these surfer wallets for $2. I thought, you got to be kidding. And I looked at it. It was the color I liked. It was, you know, had the pockets I wanted and all little change pocket on the inside. I thought, this is perfect. And I bought it. Unbeknownst to me that during that time when Robert Kiyosaki put all of his eggs in one basket, he kept feeding this machine called his business. And he didn't see a change in the wind. He didn't see the market changing. Or he thought he could will it to be different. China knocked it off, started making them and dumping them on the market here in the United States for less money than he could actually make them for. So who wanted to spend $10 when they could spend $2? And because China was making it in China, shipping them here, dumping them on the market, so to speak, and, and charging much lower rate, surprise, he went out of business. Bankrupt, in fact. So Robert Kiyosaki's first go around in the financial world, at least of any substantial difference to his life, was that surfer wallet or the nylon Velcro wallets. So I share that with you because you may have gone through some failures. You may have gone through some changes. I like his book because it gives you a little bit of encouragement. And there's a whole series of them, so I recommend reading all of them. But, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad is not written in 12th grade English, maybe 6th grade 
He repeats the same concept a few times. Often, and by no means is this a comparison, I'm just speaking literary styles, often the reason Christ speaks in the Bible by repeating the same thing, it's like, hey, dummy, hey, you going to get it yet? Hey, buddy, this is how important it is. I'm going to tell you again. So in Robert's book, the same literary style of I'm going to repeat it again is maybe that's the important part. Your professor standing up in school, write this down. You may see this again somewhere. And she stands at the board. Write this down. What do you think she's telling you? Could be on the test. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, in Robert Kiyosaki's book, and listen, by the way, I'm not paid to endorse it. I'm just telling you it changed my life in the late 90s. It tripled my income in about nine months. It made a huge difference in my life. Allowed us to do all sorts of things that were pretty amazing. I ended up doing the infomercial form. So if you uh, take a look at some of the old infomercial world, you'll see that that uh, you know we were the one of the families featured in 2001, I guess, something like that. But this is important. You realize this because in your family's life, there are resources. There's great books today. There's websites today. There's RichDad.com. Right? You can go to the to the technologically advanced version of his of his concepts and maybe it's not right for you i always say listen unless it's a book i write i'm never going to agree with anything 100 percent that it says just not going to just not the bible and the constitution is as close as i get uh, of course you know i don't me agreeing with the the word of god is not so much uh of any significance to anybody Right, I don't always understand everything. So if I recommend a book to you, you say, "Oh, Eric, look at it's counter to what uh, you know." Okay, great. Don't don't read that part. Cross it out. Tear out the page. Go to the next. Over thirty million copies sold in over ninety countries. And there's a great book we play it at home. It's called the or a great game, I should say. We play it at home. It's called Cash Flow. Cash flow, it's a great game. Anyway, here's why I want you to do this. And there's other books out there. There's The Millionaire Next Door, T. Harv Eker. There's books that are very important. Things like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Relationships, I like Dr. Laura. The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. It's a great book. First, you feel like it's fairly... Um, I don't know, degrading. Then you read the book and you're like, no, actually the title makes a lot of sense. Why do I share this with you today? Because you're going to sit at home and you're going to make excuses. Because if you don't think the left is coming at you by raising taxes, there, there's some sort of misleading commercials when they come on and they say, the government is coming after your retirement account, your IRA, the government wants it. Well, Yeah, they're going to raise taxes. That's how they're going to come after it. They're going to take up to half of it. Well, yeah, because you it depends on how much money you make. You could be in the 40 or 50 percent tax bracket. So, yes, those things are accurate, but they're going to do it by taxes. Surprise. They already do it by taxes. And I think the federal government is going to raise taxes. I think putting the right resources, the books, the the websites, the, the learning, the education around your knowledge can help you progress away from 
just kind of bobbing in the ocean. Wherever the tide takes me, I guess I'm going to go. So it makes a huge difference when you go through this. Because I think you and your family have to know what's possible. And sometimes you're not going to. Unless you get out and you learn. So here's what I think. Sometimes deferring income is not a good idea. If you have young children and a house mortgage and you're a business owner, I don't want you to necessarily defer income today. I want you to pay the tax, call it a day, do Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks. Those are post-tax dollars. I want you to do properly built life insurance policies. There's some bad ones out there, I'm going to tell you. But you can defer taxes in that. You can even pull money out, certain life events, tax-free. Always encouraging you to meet with your CPA, your tax advisor. Always encouraging you to meet with your financial advisor to make sure it fits for your situation. But on the 30,000-foot view, think of this for a second. If today you have all the write-offs in the world and you have a known, you know what the taxes are today, and you're able to absorb it, maybe you have other write-offs, rental properties, uh, tax deductions, whatever you might have today, then now is the time. Now is the time to consider taking income away from your 401k and putting it into post-tax money. And you want to do that carefully. You got to do it right. And you may have to do it over time. You may have to spread it out over your lifetime. Right? You may have to spread it out over your two or three or four years, maybe more. Because enough people can't figure out what it's going to take to financially be successful. Well, so what do they do? They end up making big mistakes, not little mistakes. And they end up, and many of you are some of these, they end up being in a position to where you have to move in with your kids or changing everything about you. So just this week, lady has been, uh, as a client, been with me for many years, left her employment, I think she was 65 at the time, received a pension and a buyout, potential buyout or a pension. She had many other 401k plans and pension, so probably around a half a million dollars, plus or minus. Quite a bit of money, about a half a million dollars. We took about 200000 and put it into a fixed indexed annuity plan that allows her to take out money systematically and never run out of money, but not starting for maybe five years from now. She had other money she was going to live on. She wanted to have some money at risk. We put our money safe. Got it. Move stuff around. Then what happened? Well, very simple. She thinks that her retirement accounts, because all of these were post, uh, sorry, were pre-tax money. All of these. That means that, and this is important to, to know, she had 500000 but she really didn't have five hundred, because in the 30% tax bracket, 150000 belonged to the government. They're just letting you hold it for a while. 
So what she's doing, every time she pulled out money, she said, oh, I want 10000 to go buy this. Everything was a need. I need. I have to have. Okay, I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's your money. But you're 65, not 95. That means you probably are going to live for decades. And it also means you're going to run out of money. So every time she would take out 10, she wouldn't take out 10. She'd have to take out 15 or 17 or 18. Pay the state, pay the federal taxes, receive her 10,000 and go do something. Now she buys something that goes down in value, like a car. So she took 15 or $18,000. She buys a car that goes down in value every single year. So now she loses money on one side and loses money on the other side. Now here's what your broke mind, not a bad person, but your poor mind says. But Arab, they need a car. How are they going to drive? This is California. This is the United States. This is Utah. This is Idaho. They need a car. How? Okay, let's think about this, children. Of course they need a car. You need a house to live in. But back to the beginning of this segment, what if somebody else paid for it? What if you go to work? What if you go and buy things that go up in value and you have a rental property or you have an investment that kicks off interest or a retirement account that kicks off interest or a savings account that makes money or interest or dividends? Uh, I mean, listen, you could fill in the blank. Something that sits there and spins off dollars each and every month. And guess what it does again next month? The same thing. And now you own things that go up in value that feed you. Not things that go down in value. So you and your family need to understand. Rich people make the rules. They always have. They're not bad. They're just rich. Their job is to make money, not care about your feelings. The, the, the social workers, their, their job is to care about your feelings. The food pantry, they care about your feelings. The banker, they don't care about your feelings. When you try to get a loan today, you don't even meet the person who makes the decision. You understand they don't even know you. They don't even know you're a nice person or you make good brownies. They don't know anything. They couldn't care less. They just look at math. A piece of paper and math. Or a computer screen probably these days. So you are playing that game. Whether you buy a car, a house, a student loan, you are playing the game. You just don't know. You don't know the rules. If you do know you're playing a game, you certainly don't know the rules. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right? So, so you have to think about this. If you are creating a system in your financial life where you can never outlive money and your goal is to always make a living and do well and run, run through this uh, race called life, you understand you have to abide by certain rules because the government sets the rules. And the government's job is not to care about your feelings. Ask the IRS. Tell them 
you only feel about you, you only feel like paying half of the taxes you owe. See, see how they take to that. So this is important. All right, next, I want to get into this. When, when you are deferring income, when you're saying, don't take it today, send it to another day, here's another part that really matters. You have to look at what is the cost of money and what is the cost of savings. And then there is a time commitment between those, meaning what is the cost of money? If I'm going to pay 2.5% for a home loan today and I can go and make Four and a half percent on my money. I don't know. Let's just make that up. Four and a half. Do you realize I get to keep two percent of my money? In other words, I can put five hundred thousand dollars down and buy a house, or put down just enough to buy the house, take the difference, make a little bit more money than I owe the bank, keep the difference, keep the spread, and now each and every day I'm coming out ahead of the game. Each and every day I'm coming out and winning. I'm using their money to make money. You see, a poor person jumps on that treadmill, goes to work every day, because their goal is to pay off their house. <laughs> I say, do you understand, um, if you think you're going to pay off your house, you realize you never own your house. I know this might be a shock to you. You never own your house. It's called property taxes. It's called a trash bill or water or electricity. You never own your house. I was in China. Some of you might have heard the story before. I was in China and walking around, uh, and I remember being in Beijing, and they said, I said, oh, so do people own these houses? And they own, yes, 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 we have private property, but they lease the land. So they own the house, and they lease the land. I said, are you kidding me? Go, oh, yeah, they lease the land from the government for 90 years or 99 years, I think. I said, what? Yes. Yeah, they lease the land. And if the government wants you out at the end of the lease, then they have to buy your building or move it to another land, you know, another piece of land somewhere. So if you want to live, this is how you live. And I said, that sounds crooked, man. That's, that's mean. That's not nice. I said, oh, oh, it's pretty important, Arif, because uh, you guys... Uh, you guys have ownership? I said, oh, yeah, we have ownership of the land. They said, no, 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 Eric, you have property taxes. You never own your land. I said, oh, that's not the same thing. He goes, what do you want to call it? You can call it anything you want. Land lease, property tax, Mickey Mouse. We don't care what you call it. You can call it anything you want. You never own the land. Your country or my country. I went, wow. And I kept trying to think of a way to refute him, you know, come back with something smart. Nothing. Nope. Sorry. Couldn't. The truth is he was correct. So folks, if you're going to run this race to do something, you're going to spend the next 30 years of your life, 40 years of your life or longer working, then work for assets, things that go up in value, things that create cash flow, not things that create debt. People say, oh, well, I did that. I'm going to run this race and pay off my house. And guess what? You still need money next month to pay your property taxes. So important you know this because I wanted to shift a little bit of your retirement. Your retirement savings should be about a cash flow. 
here's how you know if we're right for you. I don't know. Maybe we're not right. I know we're not right for many people. Simple. Do you want a million dollars in cash or do you want 10000 a month for the rest of your life? Simple. Million dollars in cash or 10000 a month the rest of your life. If you were, let's see, look, if I was 29 years old, I would have said, give me a million, I'll have it by two million by the end of the week. Right? I mean, that's what we, that's what a young person, aggressive, that's what we think. But the older, the wiser we get, we start thinking a little bit. So if I have 10000 a month, whether I'm here, whether I'm there, whether I sleep in today, whether I work all day, whether I work on a project, whether I clean out the closet, whether I, I go on vacation in Europe or whatever I do, on the first of the month, surprise, another 10000 comes in. Now you know. You spend less, you get to save more. And now you know. You build up a savings so that it doesn't really matter where you are. Money is always coming in. That's the answer to wealth, guys. It's about cash flow. It's not about, I can't wait to have a million dollars in cash. That's fine. The client I shared with you earlier, she had a half a million dollars in cash, but she didn't take it as cash flow. She just kept taking it out. I always talk about it like this. Listen, if you have an amazing group of chickens, you can have eggs for the rest of your life or an amazing chicken dinner tonight. You decide which one you want. You want to be able to live forever? Then maybe you have a few extra eggs and you go and you buy a cow. And now you have milk and eggs for the rest of your life. I mean, you get it? Your goal is to acquire things that go up in value and more importantly, create cash flow. Really a big deal. 888 retire I hope I can help. Total Financial Solutions. Give us a call. We, we do Zoom calls sometimes, uh, phone calls. You're welcome to come to any one of our offices. I'm here to serve. Eric Hallaby, 888-997-3847. Thanks for being a part of our show. Have a wonderful day.